Welcome to another episode of Old Nerd, Young Nerd. I'm Todd. I'm Derek. And this is episode 10 of... Old Nerd, Young Nerd. Yes, I know. I know, I know that. Everyone oh. else knows that we're talking about the anthology series. I thought What's you could actually... What's episode 10 of the anthology series? That's you know what you are correct. How about you are correct? It's episode ten. Episode three of the anthology series. See now, now we're just going to confuse people. This is the third part. Part three. Of part the, three. God only 10, knows. Episode ten. Part episode three. ten. Of old nerd, young nerd. Part three of, of the gaming anthology yeah. series, which could be an ongoing series in and of itself from something totally something different. Yeah. I don't, I don't, whatever. Yeah, I know. Anyway. I, I'm just trying to confuse everyone completely and utterly. So you're, episode, you're doing a great job. <laughs> thank you. I try. This is episode ten, um, our tenth episode, uh, the third in our series of video gaming. And, and uh, on our last episode, we left off with the end of the golden era of gaming. Right, and really the start of, uh, really, the really the video game market. Mm-hmm. You know, the golden age, the really console market, console market and uh, the start of... And as we left the console market, it had crashed. <laughs> crashed because Atari let way too many people into the marketplace. But hey... With anything. Let's give Atari credit. They launched the third generation of consoles. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm like, when we were looking this up, and uh, Derek's like, well, you know what the, one of the third generation systems... Or the... Yeah, the third generation systems was? Go ahead. The Atari 7800. I don't even remember that. I, never I was it. around that. I never heard of it. I was... Uh, well, I, I, expect, I expect you not to remember it. I don't remember the 7800. Like, we're, we're still we're still uh, BC here for me. I mean, like, I'm kind of, like, thinking to myself, were they talking about the Jaguar? But that's obviously... Not, the Jaguar was yeah, the 90s. Yeah, later. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so neither... I, like, I... And, and normally, I'm... I guess I was kind of, sort of, like, the filler you for, like, the just, old you stuff. You probably just blocked it out of your memory. I don't remember it at all. Like I don't even remember it in stores. I don't even remember the commercials. Cause I re and we were talking about the commercials as we were researching this, and we'll we'll get that we'll get into like some of the specific commercials in the next episode, um, which always cracked me up because he thought I was being you know semi original uh, with that. But um, yeah, like I don't remember the seventy eight hundred at all. I, I I've never even. And and here's the thing, like I'm a huge retro gamer, like huge, uh, you know, as yeah. you can attest. Yeah, I can. I look around the room and there's yeah, and like I'll I'll like pick up, you know, the, like all the old systems, all the old games. Um, I've never even seen a 7800 uh, game I, that I can remember. You know, well, all we can say about it is it came out in 1984. 1984, um, exactly. Uh, but the two. Really big ones. The heavy hitters. The heavy hitters were the uh, the NES mm -hmm. and the Sega Master System. Right. Both debuting in 1985. Right. And pretty much relaunching the console empire. Exactly. And you know, '83 was kind of like the the swan song for Atari. Uh, you know, <laughs> with <laughs> they tried in '84. <laughs> they tried. I know. I, can't, I like. I forgot it. I was like, we're only five minutes into this thing, and I've already forgot the '78 hundred. But, um, hey, they but, tried. But Nintendo released uh, the Famicom back actually in 83, 83 when, when this Japan, whole crap, right, in Japan only, known as the Famicom, which stood for Family Computer. Family Computer. I don't know what the Japanese of that is, but 
Famicom is what it translated to. I can't say anything without sounding terrible. So yeah. I don't so know. Just I, don't know, I, don't know so just don't. I don't know words. I don't know Japanese words. So just don't. I won't pretend I do. Yeah. Uh, but the next release in the U.S. Um, was October 18th of 1985. And I guess that's where we started keeping really strict records of when everything started coming out. Um, even though we don't have that for the Master System. But it, but it also came out in 85. Let, let's assume they came out fairly close together. And, and that's what I'm assuming too. Um... And the NES came out with, and this is something that Derek didn't know either, uh, was the, uh, when the NES was released, separate and apart from the, the gun, the light gun, they also released the robot, which you didn't even know you, they did, right? Yeah. The only thing I, I knew, that, you know, the D-pad controllers were, uh, in, came out here in this third generation of console. Right. I knew that, but, uh, the... The robot, no. And I got the I got the NES and I got the the robot. Rob the video robot and all of well, his two games. Yeah, and that's what cracked me up uh, when we were looking this up because I'm like, I know he had two games, and we're looking at it, I'm like, okay, yeah, he did up to just two games, like uh, two and games. The third for game that was invented in like 2014. 2014. Yeah, which I which I had no idea of. Some hipster or something did something. I guess. Right. And the two games were for Rob were Gyromite and Stack Up. Now, the um, it was like the bigger, like you could basically get the base unit, which was just the NES and like the controller, um, and then uh, and this is where I think they started coming out with just releasing the video game system without a game, because before then every video game system prior to that, like ColecoVision. And um, the Ataris and all that. Atari came with something? Yeah. Oh, it came with Pong? Yeah. Well, it came with Pong. But uh, Atari, you could also buy different ver variations. And it's interesting because um, Xbox does Xbox does this now. Um, PlayStation. PlayStation does it, yeah. it now. Depending on what you like, it was kind of like a choose-your-own kind of thing. Right. Like, it wasn't just one thing. Uh, you like, buy this one, it has a racing game that comes that's bundled right. with it, or you got the exactly. shooter that's bundled with it. But Nintendo, you could actually just buy the system without a game, which, you know, back in back in the 80s was, was kind of like a, a foreign concept to, like, a lot of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, now we got to buy a game, too? <laughs> you know? Um, and then you turn it on, you're like, oh... Oh, I love this system. Yeah, I mean when I when we got when I got mine personally, my like I got like the deluxe set, which was the robot and the gun. So we got Gyromite and Duck Hunt. Did it come with two controllers too? It did. Yeah, but I mean, like I think, and I I could be wrong, and I I might be. I think at the time that deluxe system was like four hundred bucks. Oh, probably. You know what I mean? For the robot, the controllers, and the two games. It all, all, all it came with, yeah. Yeah. Um, but they, they also had options where you could just buy the, um, the, the system. And, and, they, and, and they still do that to this day. I mean, you could still buy an Xbox with just an Xbox. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. You, can you can still buy a PlayStation, by itself, PlayStation. You can buy a Nintendo whatever by itself. Right. I never saw the point of that, you know, just from a logical standpoint. Um, and, well, or from a sales I mean, point when, standpoint, when I mean, seriously, what's the point when, of... When you buy something bundled together, you're going to end up saving a little bit of money, rather than buying the console and the game separately. Right, but like, if you're in marketing, why would you say, you know what, let's just sell this system that they can't do anything with? 
<laughs> at this point, based on their popularity, it's fine. I mean, at, from a certain perspective, if they're backwardly compatible, that's fine. You know what I mean? That's that's not a thing now. I know, and that's and, and that's what one of the problems I have with the newer systems. Yeah. And I have an upgrade to the the newer systems, and and kind of there's going to be like this this bridge where. You know, I'm talking a little bit more about these earlier systems, and then like Derek's going to be talking about the later systems because Yay. I just don't have them. <laughs> <laughs> because I like the fact that there was backward compatibility. You know, and and we're jumping ahead a little bit, um, but I, but it brings back to the point of the whole, you know, releasing a game system, you know, with games or versus without games. Right. It makes more sense if the game if the gaming system was backwardly compatible, like the Xbox 360. I think there was like an eighty percent um, like here's the backwardly thing. compatible. You with needed to have Xbox Live to play Xbox One games on the X, not Xbox One, but the original original Xbox games on the three hundred and sixty. You needed the internet for that. Did you really? You did. I don't think so. Yes, you did. Um, for for some games, because. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think it was like eighty percent. Because I mean, we I like we could test the theory because I got the Xbox well, I'll, I'll and I got. It, I'll use this as an example. The original Halo you could play on the three hundred and sixty, no problem. But for Knights of the Old Republic, you needed the internet. You needed. Did Xbox you really? Live. Yes, you did. Yes, you. I. I just tested this last year. Well, that's BS, Derek. That's well, BS, Microsoft. It is because Knights of the Old Republic is pretty much my favorite thing of all time. Oh my god, I love Knights of the Old Republic. I played the crap out of that. Oh, me too. And uh, and the sequel, Kotor One and Two. Yes, as it's called among but fans. That is for another episode. Yeah, and we'll get into that later, but. Um, but, yeah, but but that, that makes that I mean the, it made sense of, that was the death of uh, cross platform gaming. But that, I mean it made sense you know ten years later fifteen years later where there was backward compatibility. Or yeah, that's didn't, what I meant, it, backwards compatibility. It didn't really make sense back in eighty three eighty five when there was no other other games. <laughs> I never really understood that. You Here's know, a brand new system. You have nothing that'll like. Work can with you this. imagine now if you're go a kid. spend money on games? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like hey. Honey, we got you a Nintendo. Great, I can't wait to play. Where's the game? Yeah. Where, where's some something? Give me something. Yeah. See about that. You're going to have to go spend 50 bucks on a game. What? Or you're going to have to wait like a couple weeks and then we'll right. buy a game. And exactly. It didn't really make sense back in the day, though. Like, now, it, it makes a little bit more sense where, okay, so I buy the new Xbox One. I can go to GameStop Stop or something and get maybe a game for 10 bucks. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Didn't make sense to me as a as a like a ten or eleven year old oh, right. they didn't have, uh, back they, in eighty five. They didn't really have used video games back then. No, right? no, especially on a brand new system that had never been released. Brand new before. system, exactly. Um, but that was the first thing, um, and this was like a roundabout way of, of getting to this. So the deluxe system was with the Rob and the and the the gun and the the two, two controllers, um, and, and ironically, it just came with. Duck Hunt, and it came with um, uh, Gyromite. Later, later incarnations of the game actually came with the three three games, which was Mario Brothers, Duck Hunt, and Gyromite. How pissed were you then? Not too bad. Not too bad, because like you said, I wasn't a huge major fan of the Mario Brothers franchise. I actually franchise. haven't said that on the air yet. Oh, yeah, so okay. here we go. I'm not the biggest Mario fan. <laughs> 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 um... So it came with those two games, um, and like Derek said, it was the first um, 
Genesis of Genesis, and again, I'm getting ahead of myself, but it was the first introduction of the D-pad controller. Yes, it's the Genesis of the D-pad controller. Genesis of the D-pad controller. Yes, thank you. And uh, Which was kind of weird at the time, because... You're used to joysticks. I was always used to joysticks yeah. we, with um, the Atari and the ColecoVision like, oh, and all those other systems. Pad. What the heck is this? It was like the craziest thing, but it, it, but it worked, obviously. Well, now controllers um, have both. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and it was actually the introduction with, you know, since the video game collapse in the United States of Nintendo's really strict licensing laws. And this is just... Not laws, I shouldn't say it. Licensing agreements. Policies. Right. Agreements. Yeah, this right. Is, and this is just brilliant business on their part. It is. Well, I think, obviously, they, they had to see what, the, what happened to Atari mm -hmm. and all the other uh, rival systems. Well, I don't know. I don't know if you would call them rival, but I guess they're precursor systems back in the day. Right. Like, oh, they let all this crap flow in, and that just killed them. And that's where you're getting all of these um, Nintendo seal of approval uh, issues, too, because if it wasn't a... And I'm going to go into that a little bit later with um, tanking and all that, um, which you're probably not aware of. Um, but it, I think there was a an antitrust suit uh, or something filed with... Um, Nintendo because they were so restrictive that it precluded other gaming uh, developers from entering the market. Yes, I understand why they did it because it just destroyed Atari <laughs> and it destroyed the video game market, but at the same time uh, it disallowed um, any other developers from possibly developing software for a computer system. Oh. Um, and that came about, and, and I don't remember when it was, this was, let's say 85, I don't think it was until 88 or 89, um, where, where the issue came up, where other game manufacturers were able to sell independent system, or independent, um, games that didn't have the Nintendo seal of quality or seal of approval. But it's kind of interesting. I, I mentioned Tengen. It's, Tengen is a, a software developer that, and I think we talked about this before, I don't know if on air or off air, was Gauntlet. You played Gauntlet yeah, before, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, we talked about Tengen, it. Tengen, uh, Tengen was the creator of Gauntlet. Now, initially, and I get, and I don't know obviously what what the licensing restrictions were um, you could get gauntlet just like from the um, the video game arcade it, it was it was virtually a direct port from the arcades to the NES mm -hmm. and you could buy that game and I have that game and I, and what happened was I guess after a certain point they lost their licensing with Nintendo and so, I believe Nintendo, and I could be completely making this up, although I don't believe I am, uh, because they lost their licensing agreement with Nintendo, Tangan was no longer allowed to sell Nintendo games for the NES. So, there was a lawsuit that was brought about, and uh, long story short, the way they got around that was, there are gauntlet games out there... It, what they could copyright and, you know, um, 
protect Nintendo was that cube squared design on their cartridges. The actual square that you see, you know, yeah. on like the, the traditional cartridges. What happened was, and Tengen started it, was, hey, it's still the same game. They still approved it. Okay, so we won't use their plastic form design and, and a, a physiological shape, this, this cube. What they did was they redid the uh, cartridge where it would still fit in the slot, <coughs> but they redesigned the, um, the, the top of it to have an angle. So they weren't infringing upon the copyright or whatever you want to call it of that actual so form. So these weren't officially approved in the <coughs> game no. then? No, because you can actually have two different versions. I have both of Gauntlet for Nintendo Entertainment System. One, the approved version, before they lost the license, and one after, where they basically redesigned the cartridge shape. Wow. And and that kind of brought in a slew of other games uh, fit into this kind of loophole where uh, they kind of did what Nintendo didn't want them to do, and what kind of killed Atari, where there was a, a plethora of um, third-party games, games yes, yeah, that were coming out that weren't that weren't so great, that didn't have the Nintendo seal of approval. But I think Nintendo back in the day, and this was like I said, eighty-eight or eighty-nine, where they tried to aggressively market, don't buy any games if they don't have the Nintendo seal of approval on them. Ah, um, so they got in trouble for saying that then. No, no, they, they didn't get in trouble. They could still say that you, you know, you could still get the Nintendo seal of approval and still have their little cubed-shaped games. Um, obviously, with whatever licensing restrictions and everything else, because that was the other issue that, that Tengen had was, because um, you can get Gauntlet now for Genesis and for all the other Sega systems and all that, and and later in, incarnations was, it was limiting on their um, business by saying you can't sell to any other gaming manufacturer gaming console for two years. Right. Well, that was uh, Nintendo's policy with third-party developers. And I can understand Nintendo's standpoint from it, because I, I remember, like, I, I do remember, and I honestly do remember the time where, you know, from, like, the eight, like 83 to 85, where... It was crazy, like, because in the early 80s, like, everyone was playing, like, that was, like, the first thing where, you know what, if it was raining outside, you know, or something like that, we would all go inside and we would play video games or whatever, um, and then there was, like, a year or two where just, there was nothing out, and it was like, what's going on? Like, obviously, as a kid, you're not going to know, oh, well, the there's a crash yeah. or anything else, and then Nintendo comes out a couple of years later, so I can understand where Nintendo's coming from. But I can also see the the other side of the coin, where you know these third party games, and there and there have been excellent third party games that have come out. Like we we're talking about Activision. Activision was sort of like a branch off of several developers from Atari that created their own created their own company and had great games. So you you have to you, you kind of have to you know put them put them on the scales and say you know what it might be a good game, it might be a bad game. And you're not going to really know. Now, what also happened with this whole this whole thing um, is when uh, 
computer computer gaming magazines and all that kind of came out. Computer Gaming World, Nintendo Power, and oh, all these okay. other games. Game Pro, you yep. probably heard of that. Yep, yep. And that was sort of like the stopgap measure to, um, you know what, you're not flying blind when you're going into a video game store. Right, because they would review games that were coming out. Mm -hmm. So it kind of, it, it was kind of helpful. You know, and obviously when you go into there, you're going to ask the clerk, well, what's a great game for the NES? Or what's a great game for the Master System? That'd be great, but that's only one particular point of view. Right. Game Pro and, you know, Computer Gaming World and, you know, all the other systems well, were knows, like... Maybe the clerk was a fan of E.T. the Extra Terrestrial. Right, like I was. Like, I liked that game. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was stupid and it was repetitive. I kind of liked it, you know? I wouldn't. I wouldn't ever recommend someone pay fifty dollars for it. Right. You know. Maybe, but if you got at the bargain bin like for five bucks, five, yeah. Yeah, that's a different story. Um. So there was a lot of other um, uh, chances for people to really kind of like look at the game before they bought the game mm. than there were. Um. And obviously, this was before Blockbuster, where you could rent a game. Right. You know. Um. But it helped that it helped that whole that whole era where we don't want to have the the gaming industry collapse again, but we also don't want to have like this this dearth of of just crappy games. Well, and here here's the thing with that third party agreement that Nintendo had. So we'll use Gauntlet as an example. Gauntlet comes out, people love it. They have a Sega. Well, I want to play Gauntlet. Well, you got to go buy Nintendo. Yeah. And that was the whole issue. And that was one of the, one of the issues that came about in later generations, where huh. with PlayStation and Xbox, yep. where and Nintendo, where the game came out with for all three systems, you know. Yeah, but then you you would have the Xbox exclusives and the oh yeah, exclusives. I mean, and that was good. I'm I'm that perfect example of Soul Calibur. You remember Soul Calibur when it came out? And well, obviously we're going a couple yeah. of generations ahead. Well, Soul Calibur was for every system. They just had um, the one... Unique characters. Unique characters. That's yep. what I'm talking about. Yep. Yeah, Soul, Cal Soul Calibur 2 specifically is yes. what I'm thinking of yeah. in my head. Like, one had... I think one uh, had Yoda, right? The Xbox had Spawn. The PlayStation had Yoda or Vader. It, it, yeah, it was one of the Star Wars characters. Something, or, yeah, something like that. But they each... So then, instead of... It's still the same game. Right. But they would just have unique and, parts like, to I it. I was pissed. Because I'm an Xbox guy, and PlayStation got Vader, and I'm a big Star Wars fan. <laughs> but I, I like Spawn, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. But I think that's where they they came to a kind of a happy medium mm -hmm. with that. But let's go back to the third generation. Yes, where, where we're where supposed we're to be. Right now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, through um, Nintendo's, you know, kind of strict guidelines... You know, between uh, their seal of approval and their yeah, approval process and, and license agreements, and, yeah. controlled sixty-five percent of the hardware hardware sales in eighty-seven, which coincidentally is the two-year bridge for their licensing agreements. Right, exactly. So two huh. years, two years after launch, they control sixty-five percent, whereas uh, you know Atari, for whatever reasons, and I like I can't like that. Just boggles my mind. The Atari, the Atari 7800 is right there at 24%. Well, right there. But the Sega Master System, which you say you love. I love the Sega Master 8 System. 8% of sales through 87. Which I can't, like, that's what I can't fathom. The And the Master System, 
was from a technical standpoint um, far and above you know better than the Nintendo well the, the, the master, I, we can thank the master system for the for the birth of uh, console RPGs yeah console RPGs um, which my favorite fantasy star anybody in my generation I think who's an RPG fan knows fantasy star backwards and forwards it came out in later iterations with uh, the Saturn uh, and I think that uh, with PlayStation 2, I think I had the PlayStation 2, yeah, Fantasy Star Online. Package or yeah. Something. yeah. <clears throat> but it was like the first huge game. Huge, huge, huge game. Um, and I mean that from a um, programming standpoint, where it was just like the largest, quote, megabyte. Mm -hmm. uh, system, and I think at the time it was like two or four megabytes, whereas most games were like one. Um, but it, the, the reason why it was so, it was so well received on the Master System beca was because of those superior, was, the, was superior hardware on it versus, you know, the Nintendo. I mean, the, the Master System had, you know, the, the hardware scrolling and the increased color palette greater memory, and that was one of the, the main key features was the memory mm -hmm. uh, with the Master System because generally with RPGs, you're going to use up more memory than you're going to use for a fighter or shooter. You know, or shooter. Or right, exactly. Um, it also had almost 3D graphics, like that kind of like almost a cell shading kind of thing, you know, but oh, there were these pixels. It looks so real. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, it's a real person. Um, but it was generally, it was superior hardware, but, um, that was also at the time, Fantasy Star was the most expensive game thus released ever for a video game system at 80 bucks. And that was big back in 85, 86. Wow. That's a lot of money. That's probably like 150 hundred. I don't know. I, I didn't do the... It's probably the like a billion dollars today. Like a billion dollars. Like you would never be able to get it. Like so it's like three people. <laughs> Bill Gates might be playing it, you know. A couple of our yeah, princes might be getting it. Bill Gates has the Sega game. Sure. <laughs> you know Actually, what? You, you, you got to know, you know your competition. He didn't really, he didn't really have... A, he wasn't in the consoles back. Microsoft wasn't in the consoles back then. So maybe he was a Sega guy. Um, yeah, but I mean, like, I think that was probably, like, one of my favorite games in the Master System. Um, and, and it was, Sega kind of really, from a, a technical standpoint, from what I've heard in later generations, was always technically superior to Nintendo. To, to Nintendo. But Nintendo just, just had a popularity factor. Right. And it was kind of the same thing, I think, with PlayStation and Xbox. I think the PlayStation systems, and I'm um, skipping ahead, but I think the PlayStations were actually technically superior well, to the Xboxes, uh, right? The, the original Xbox was superior to the PlayStation 2, but ever, but the PS3 was better than the 360, and the PS4 is technically better than the Xbox One. Okay. All right. we're talking, the differentials are slight, but it, it leans to Sony's favor. Right. Um... But I mean, for the for the most part, between Sega and Nintendo, it was almost always kind of accepted where there was better graphics and everything else mm -hmm. with, um, with Sega. Sega versus Nintendo. Um, and Sega traditionally always had 
the market cornered in RPGs because Zelda can't really be considered a, a true RPG. Not until uh, the N64, right? Yeah, I mean, it was more depends like on what you. It, it depends was more on what, like a dungeon crawler until. Yeah, um, but I mean, for the most part, Nintendo didn't really have like big major ones until several years into, you know, its you know production run. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they had Final Fantasy, which was a huge, huge series, still is to this day. Thirty yeah. years later, yeah. you know. Um, but Final Fantasy, uh, I think was first introduced on, um, on Nintendo. The original, uh, Final Fantasy. I believe so. Are you sure? I could be wrong. I thought it was introduced on the Sega. Because it it became a Sony property for a long time, right? It was a Sony property, but I believe it was, was originally released, because I I still remember it being, you can get, you can, there is... A an, uh, an NES version of Final Fantasy. Oh, okay. Let me, let me just then, say it that then way. You're right. Then you're right. You have to be right. Um, because of their. I don't have it because I think it's worth like two or three hundred dollars. It's like it's hard as hell to find. Um, but um, going on with that third generation, kind of part and parcel to it was the first um, portable gaming system, which I, I never really got into until later. Later on, but the Game Boy uh, dominated the the, the nine, portable gaming market. So that's technically fourth generation. The Game Boy or the Game Boy Advance? Game Boy or Game Boy Color? The original Game Boy was nineteen eighty nine. That's a fourth generation thing. That's for the next episode. All right, well, we'll get to that way ahead there, buddy. I like to bounce around. I like to bounce around. <laughs> um, but but go ahead. So <clears throat> the NES is out, and this launches the. Uh, some of the most popular game, the game gaming uh, titles ever. Franchises um, that Super are still Mario around Bros, to Legend this of day. Zelda, Metroid. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, when you think Nintendo, you don't think much further than those three right there. Right. They also had Dragon Quest. Yeah, which I had never really heard of before, but I know you were big. That was that. yeah. I mean, Dragon Quest. That was one of the one of their first major franchises up there with Final Fantasy that. Really tried to um, steal away the RPG market from the Master System. Mm-hmm. Um, Metroid, obviously, Mega Man, Metal Gear. Mega Man would have been a Sega title, right? Um, Who had Metal Gear? No, no, no. Mega Man was a Nintendo. Sega. No, Mega Man. I had Mega Man for Nintendo. Are you sure? Yes, I have it because I remember. Um, Dude, I, I got get, Mega Man for Nintendo. I get maybe this was the licensing thing because I'm <clears throat> pretty sure I remember Mega Man being for um, the uh, Genesis. Uh, they had it too, but Mega Man was originally uh, a Nintendo title, and it, and it still is to this day. Well, I have no choice but to believe you. You well, we can also look it up, well, but I'm pretty sure that it was also. And if I'm not mistaken, and I'm not, a Nintendo title. Okay, there you go. And it, and it actually started out as a Nintendo title. And well, then they just lost it. By Capcom. It. They didn't lose it. I mean, and, you know, it start, I, mean, I don't they even they know what Mega it, Man is on right now. They lost the exclusivity. Yeah, exclusivity, yeah. right. Mega Man Metroid was definitely... Well, that's always been Nintendo. Right, and Nintendo actually made that. Uh, Castlevania. Uh, that was Nintendo. Castlevania, yeah. 
I got all, and I have those too. In case you don't believe, I no, literally I believe have. You. Okay, I believe. Oh, you. okay. How about Metal Gear though? Because I always, I always associated Metal Gear with Sony. No, no, no. Metal Gear started out, and it was a completely different game on the NES. It oh. was. It kind of reminded me of. I'm trying to think. It kind of reminded me of a Carry Warriors. Did you ever play that game? No. It was kind of similar to that in some fashion. Well, is that why Sony's is always Metal Gear Solid? Yeah, I maybe. I don't know for sure because I think there was a Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Two, as well for the NES. Okay. But Metal Gear started with um, with them. Um, Ninja Gaiden, another Nintendo game. Obviously, they, yeah, they branched I, out into I, different I played, genres. I played one of them for the original Xbox. It was fun. The um, the original Ninja Gaiden, I think, was probably I think that was released in '87. Um, but I rem and I think I was in you know, so while I was in high school, that's right on the tail end of third generation. But that what what I remember so clearly about that was um, with Ninja Gaiden was their their wall climb, and it was like this spinning jump where you'd have to jump like oh, jump, and I, jumping from wall to wall, jumping from yeah. wall to wall. And I remember like that was like the hardest thing to to ever master because you you know how you have to do it. Uh, you have to like hit the button just as you're hitting the wall to yeah. bounce the other wall, yeah. and like that was like the most complex maneuver. And that's where like complex maneuvers, I think, started getting into you know video games versus just hitting A B A B, you know, whatever, or just oh, hitting so A A A. You know, complex maneuvers lead to rage quits. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because in Ninja Gaiden there was like these huge walls where you'd have to. Just boom, 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 yep. boom, boom. It wasn't just like three jumps. Quick, it was quick like segue. twenty. Quick segue about rage quitting. I've never broken a controller. I've never broken a controller either because right, I have to like, pay for them. Yeah, they're expensive. Yeah, I'm not telling my mom I just broke a controller. <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh well, you're not gonna get another one. Yeah, okay. I mean, neither am I. Exactly. Right. I totally, I but yeah, totally understand that. And then now as an adult, I'm not going to do it either because I don't want to <laughs> spend fifty bucks on a controller. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean that's where I think games became more complex. Obviously, we went from the Ataris and the ColecoVisions where we have you know one or two buttons. Yeah. Um, and you have basically with that one or two different actions to you have the D controller where you you know you have basically eight different directions. Plus the plus the actual extra two buttons, right? Or three buttons, you know, depending on you know what your. Well, actually, it was two buttons with the Master System and Nintendo. Now, I mean, and then you have the select button and obviously the start button. Like, I I grew up. The systems I grew up with are what we'll be talking about soon, but later on, the original PlayStation and the N sixty four. I played them the most as a kid, and looking at looking at the NES controller, it just looks so simplistic compared to those. Yeah, but I mean, like that's what I'm saying with like Ninja Gaiden. Like that was that was like a, a hard maneuver back right. in the day for somebody who used to just have to hit two buttons and have a joystick and have a joystick. Yeah, and then you have to do because then what you have to do with with Ninja Gaiden when you were doing that wall climb, mm -hmm. you'd have to hit right button, you know, right hit B button left hit B button, you know, or whatever the case may be, in, in just perfect timing. Also, the, the thing I found <clears> odd <throat> was, like, the, the rectangle shape of the controller. Well, that was weird, too. I mean, because I was always used to um, the regular, with the Atari, the Atari was, like, a little cube with, like, a, a little joystick, 
the um, the ColecoVision was actually kind of interesting because it was kind of like a remote control where the joystick was up at the top and then the buttons were um, on either side mm -hmm. and you'd have to move it around. Uh, and then we went to the D-pad, which was kind of weir really weird because there was no joystick like, then. Uh, just from you know the original PlayStation and N64 on, you're, I'm used to controllers just fitting in my hands. Yeah. Not having to hold a rectangle. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's a, like they they design them now to fit comfortably in your palms. Yeah, and your palms had really nothing to do with the D pad controller. So when 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 you start here and then start playing backwards, it's odd. Yeah, it's and that's where to. a lot of us went to with the Nintendo, and I and I got like two or three um, of these. Where it was like the NES Advantage, which was the joystick controller, which basically was a joystick. Um, in <laughs> lieu of because <laughs> it's what you were used to playing. Advantage, right? right. Yeah. In lieu of the D controller, because it basically uh, made the D control the the D pad a joystick mm -hmm. again, and they had other different um, versions of that. Like there were third party um, things where you could actually fit them over the D pad and make it like a little controller. I had I had a couple of those. There was the NES Max. Which also was um, somewhat similar to uh, the D-pad, but it was a more ergonomic design. It was more rounded, kind of like if you've ever seen the the Genesis uh, controller. It was kind of more ergonomic to your hand, yeah. As opposed to like what well, you were saying, a rectangle. Mm -hmm. It's kind of awkward to hold. So then the next yeah, match was more was kind of more like boomerang shaped. What was the uh, the Sega Master System controller? What was that like? Sega Master System controller was almost a, an exact clone of the NES controller. Okay. Because um, I, I know very well what a Genesis controller looks like, and mm -hmm. I didn't mind those too much. Yeah, those were more, or, or, yeah. more ergonomically yeah. designed, but the Master System controller was exactly like, uh, I mean, almost like a clone of the NES controller. Did they ever come out with a joystick version for that? I don't remember because... The the Master System, I probably only had like seven or eight games before the Genesis came out, um, and and that's like for the next segment, but I think that was 87 or 88, so there wasn't like a huge difference in time. Well, I mean, when you have this, uh, that, but I, that, but I also that, got that like RPG a, you loved, that cost 80 bucks, do you need another game? No, I mean, it was a long game, and that was the other thing too, when we were talking about before, it wasn't a 10 minute game. Right. It was probably a ten-hour game. No, it was more. no, it was like thirty or forty hours, like which at the time was a lot. Yeah, and you know now, dollars. right now RPGs are probably two hundred hours. You know, well, you I mean, what's what's a Skyrim take you now? I mean, uh, you know Skyrim, what I mean. Skyrim, you could play and never never finish it. The map is so huge. Right, like a lot of just little side quests in there. But that's my point. Like it just, but like forty to fifty hours back thirty years ago was a lot of time right you know um but uh let us talk about nintendo's domination we already talked about that and the exclusivity of that and it also put a damper on third-party support for the other the other consoles which were the atari 7800 which i never heard of and master system and i think that was part of the reason why the master system failed so so royally was because they really didn't have the support. Yeah. Um, well, they, as we'll as we'll talk about in the next episode, they will fire back. 
and they fired back quite well. <laughs> they fired back hard. Yeah, and they did it. They did a, a super job of it too. You know, because Genesis is probably up there in you know my top five gaming systems. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, um, I think it's that way for a lot of people because it it had such a diverse you know gaming well, library. All their iconic games are in, were introduced on the Genesis. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I like I won't mention them now. We'll save it for the next time. Right. Um, but ironically, when we were we were looking into this, just to wrap up, the Master System, which Derek never actually heard of before he started no, talking I, about I, it. I I honestly thought Sega's first system was the Genesis. Yeah. Hence the name Genesis. It apparently had the longest shelf life in Brazil and New Zealand, and it still apparently is selling in Brazil. <laughs> Good for them. And I mean. Like, good for Sega. Yeah. That they're selling a game system that's 30 years old. Well, that, that's like that stereotype about, like, right now, uh, the popular music in the Middle East is music that was popular here in the early 90s. Yeah, I mean, hey. Everything traveled It's late. just like uh, the dude from Knight Rider with yeah. Germany. What the hell? What's his name? David Hasselhoff. Oh. How he, the Hoff is still popular in Germany and stuff. He's a musical sensation over there. But, I mean, you know... I, I think that's great for Sega. I mean, uh, you know, props to Sega. Yeah. And I think props to Brazil that they're still enjoying games 30 years ago. I mean, I'm right there with you. I'm still playing my Sega Genesis, Sega Master System, you know? Um, anything to say on this episode, Derek? I enjoyed working on it. I know. I think, you know... This is... This is I, I'm really loving this gaming thing we're doing. I, I yeah, and we're like, all right, this will take us twenty minutes to talk about. You I, know what I mean? Well, like the last three episodes, this is, this we're like, this is our, this is probably going, this is definitely going to be the shortest of the anthologies, and it's we're still over forty minutes. It's yeah. crazy. I yeah. did not think it would take this long. To, I know. To talk about this because we just my notes are one sheet of paper. You have a sheet and a half. Yeah. So exactly. But um, you know, I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. Uh, I'm Todd. I'm Derek. Don't forget. Don't forget what? That's your line. I, I thought I was going to let you say I it. Again, it's so lame. Oh, uh, it's not lame. It's pretty lame. Normal is the new boring. Be nerdy. Be nerdy. Thanks, Thank you. guys. Bye.